0: Welcome to the Berkhamsted Spotlight, Berkhamsted School's podcast channel. Join our weekly guests from inside the classroom to behind the scenes of our day-to-day activities through to life beyond Berkhamsted School. Find out what it's really like to be part of our remarkable community. Remarkable community indeed. In this episode of the Berkhamstead Spotlight, we're talking to the Deputy Head Curriculum and Assessment, Nick Kale. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about something called Power BI, just what it is, how it's used and how it helps the teaching staff at Berkhamstead. We also have a chance to talk to Nick about his background and how he got into teaching himself. That's all coming up in this episode, so come with me now as we speak to the Deputy Head Curriculum and Assessment, Nick Kale. Nick, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Thank you very much for having me, Simon. I'm doing very well. We're just two and a half weeks or so till the end of term. And as you can imagine, it's always one of the busier terms of the year. If not, they're all very busy, but lots of reports going on at the moment and making sure everyone has the right information to make sure they can report in the right way back to the students and ultimately to the parents as well. So busy, busy, but we're looking forward to Christmas. It's always a great time of year, isn't it?
0: It is. It is great fun. Tell me about some of the levels of excitement in school that you're experiencing right now. I mean, you mentioned that you're busy. And of course, I, I understand that. I think a lot of the parents listening to this right now can understand and appreciate that, too. But what what are the areas of school life that, are, that get increasingly exciting as Christmas arrives?
1: So I think one of the things that we always say that Christmas decorations can't start until the 31st of December. So not long to go for that. But one of the bits that lots of students look forward to and teachers as well is the celebrations that come towards the end of term, be that house meals that they might have collectively or, of course, the school Christmas lunch and carol services which happen in the next couple of weeks or so. So lots of really great things to look forward to, to then set them on their way for the week or so before Christmas actually starts when we break up for the end of term.
0: Perfect. That does sound very exciting. I share your approach in not having Christmas decorations up before the 1st of December, although I do understand why some schools do it sooner, given that a lot of the children aren't there, of course, up until up until Christmas Day itself. And so you f- kind of feel like you miss out part, on part of it otherwise.
1: Yeah, you always feel that you want to maximise that month of December or a, a bit earlier if you can. I think this year we're quite fortunate that we don't break up until the 18th of December, so we get a good run of a couple of weeks and a half of the Christmas decorations being around to really get into that festive mood prior to the big day.
0: Very good, very good. But thank you today for being here on this podcast episode. Let me ask, have you had a quick chance at all to listen to any other episodes of the podcast?
1: Yeah, so I I have managed to listen to a few of the uh, podcasts that have already come out and one in particular that jumps to mind immediately is the interview or the podcast, I should say, that you did with Joe Beadle, who's one of the former head boys here and currently studying Chinese at university. It was a fascinating interview and he's a student that I've worked with from a language perspective um, in his younger years as well. So it was one that I kind of definitely sought out to listen to because of the connection that I've got with him.
0: Well, I hope he didn't disappoint. I'm sure that he didn't because I, I remember that that episode well and, and it was a good episode.
1: Yeah, it de- definitely didn't. And it's always great to kind of hear a little bit about the students and their reflections back on their time in mm-hmm. school now that they're a few years down the line as well. So that was it. It was a very good listen, that's for sure.
0: OK, so one of the things we're going to be talking about then on this episode is something called Power BI. And we're going to unpack that shortly. But first of all, before we get to that, Tell us a little bit about where you went to school, what part of the country or what part of the world you went to school, and what your experience of school life was like for yourself.
1: So I'm a Bristol boy by heart. Strangely, I was actually born in Canada way back when, but we moved as a family back to the UK when I was quite small, and then I did most of my secondary education in Bristol. I went to an independent school in Bristol as well, a little bit smaller than Berkhamstead, and... I think a lot of what I was inspired or how I was inspired by my teachers when I was at school led me down the path probably to the path that I'm on at the moment and continuing on in school it wasn't just inside the classroom that I really enjoyed myself but it was also all of the extracurricular things that went on made me think that actually maybe this is something that I would like to maybe try and inspire a few others to do from a different perspective as a job so mm. that's yeah Bristol and then I came to Berkhamsted itself after university and doing my PGCE in 2008 so I've actually been here quite a long time.
0: Okay oh so you came straight from PGCE to Berkhamsted?
1: Yeah so it's the only place that I know really in terms of teaching other than my PGCE placement and I was very fortunate to do a teacher exchange in 2012 to New Zealand where I spent a year in a school in New Zealand and job swapped with a French teacher out there who came and lived in my school flat and I lived in his school uh-huh. flat, he did my job and I did his job and it was a fabulous experience to be able to enjoy a country like New Zealand for such an extended period of
0: time. Was it quite strange then, almost like swapping a life with somebody else? But I I imagine that you two won't have sort of met each other all that much because when you arrive, they've gone.
1: That was one of the strangest things. So lots of obviously friends that I've got from school spent a year with this guy. I'd only ever really seen him on screen. And obviously I'd met a lot of his friends, I lived in his house, I drove his car, I worked in his classroom, <laughs> yet yeah, I didn't really know anything of the man other than the stories that I heard, or the picture I could kind of make up from the screen that I saw. We did strangely actually meet once, he was back in the UK a couple of years after we both returned to our respective countries, and I caught up with him, which was really lovely, but that was the only time, a very short time <laughs> I actually met him.
0: That's quite funny. That actually reminds me just a very quick short story of a couple who got together and on their first anniversary, they were apart. One was in the UK, one was in Australia. And the one in the UK decided to surprise the one in Australia by flying halfway around the world to go and be with them and take them by surprise. And the other person had decided to do exactly the same thing. And they both arrived at each other's destination at the same time to surprise nobody at all. But anyway, let's get back into this episode. Power BI. What is Power BI and why should we know all about it?
1: Well, you probably actually don't necessarily know that much about it. It's a Microsoft product. So one would expect that Microsoft might have pushed it out a little bit more and more people know about it in the same way they might know about PowerPoint, I guess, Teams, Word, all those kind of things. But Power BI itself, it stands for Power Business Intelligence. Now, you probably would think, how does that link to school in any way? But if I were to describe it as an interactive reporting platform from a data perspective, you might be able to see how some links with school could be made. Essentially, what is it? It is runs off lots of tables in the background that you could see in Excel, but it makes the data very visual and therefore much easier for people to get on board with and understand what it's telling them. Whereas I think traditionally lots of people would hear about Excel being spreadsheets and not really liking it because it's lots of figures and, and numbers in small little boxes and not being Mm. able to make head nor tail of it. But what Power BI will do is take that and make it or allow the user to create their own, I think they'd call it a dashboard and present the data how they want it to be presented.
0: I see. So has this come around because of the fact that people tend to prefer to consume information and data in different ways? Some people will I imagine prefer to see just numbers on a on an Excel spreadsheet but other people might prefer to see it in a more visual format is is that is that the right is is that the rationale behind it
1: I think that's probably a a good rationale behind it I, I think there seems to be at the moment you know data analytics is it's quite a buzzword or two buzzwords there and there's a lot more people interested in the data that exists and in order for people to make head nor tail of the data, they therefore need it in an accessible format. And I think this is where it kind of has come into its own because it allows you to find often answers that you're looking for as the user very quickly. And one of the first, I think, Power BI taglines was five minute to wow, that it could show you something that you were not really thinking would exist in that way. Now, I would say probably from some of the stuff that we have Set up from a Power BI perspective, it wouldn't be five minutes to wow. It would be more like fifteen seconds to wow.
0: Oh wow! Okay, right.
1: And 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 it is it kind of needs to be seen to be believed. But it is you can find if I give you a very short example. Mm -hmm. For example, you as a tutor in school may have a student in year eleven, and they're just about to come up with their GCSE choices, or sorry, their A level choices and you would want to be able to help give them the best guidance possible by looking maybe at all their past reports and, and grade and exams that they've had and the grades that they've got from those exams. And with Power BI, you would be able to look back at sort of five years worth of data in three clicks to find exactly how they've done in French since they were 11, all the way up to 16 and compare their ups and downs and then look at how that compares to all of their other subjects and therefore be able to give them that little bit of guidance to say, oh, have you thought about, do you realise that, you know, this could be a subject that is for you? Whereas traditionally, if this is all held in a database, you have to kind of pick apart single bits of data and then bring them all together, which minds can't really do or you don't have enough sheets of paper or screens on your computer whereas this can be all brought into one to allow you to guide that student in as I say it's less than 15 seconds I'd say it's probably three clicks more so.
0: Right so I I think I'm getting on board with this because back in the old days I I guess if if I had data in a in a spreadsheet then if if I was feeling the need to be a little bit fancy and to present this to somebody else or to understand it myself a little bit better then maybe I might create a graph from that data but but power bi will just kind of do all of this for you and then turn that data into meaningful information is that right
1: yeah that's that's quite a good description that you've got there i think you would still find the variety of graphs and you know pie charts and things like that but what you would have is say, for example, lots of different filters that you could apply to that. You could you know, just look at one group of individuals being a house, and it would represent all of that on one graph. Again, you could quickly click onto another one, just a single boy, and it would show you for that. Or you could then, what was one of the key things with Power BI is it's got a drill through option, which essentially Ooh. allows you or takes you off to another page where it gives you lots of in-depth information on that bit of data that you have selected. And Mm. yeah, all in one place, all in a number of clicks. And it's quite a fantastic tool to work with.
0: Oh, my inner data scientist is preparing to geek out on this and and get very quite enthusiastic. So is is this a tool then just for staff to use to monitor the progress of pupils at school or do the pupils use it themselves too?
1: Currently, this is something that only staff use, both from a pastoral and an academic viewpoint. There are possibilities of potentially opening this up to parents. We are not there at this stage. There'd be quite a lot of licensing issues that you'd have to somehow get around, but it is a possibility. And big picture, what you would ultimately end up with is real-time data that when a teacher would be putting in a grade or something in their mark book that's the kind of thing that then could be instantly accessed by parents so they could in real time follow the progress of their son or daughter in school whereas Mm. I think traditionally you have to kind of wait until a a report comes out be it in the middle of term or the end of term this would be real time at all stages to find out how well they're doing in different subjects or whether they're being praised or whether they've done something potentially a little bit wrong in one subject you'd be able to find that out all very quickly through the Power BI platform.
0: Oh I see. Now one of the things you you mentioned is the pastoral and academic side and I think most people listening to this can understand how this could be very useful for tracking the academic side of things but how does it help with the pastoral side of school life?
1: So one of the key roles of tutors here at Berkhamstead School in their day-to-day interactions with their tutees is to ensure i guess that they're progressing as they should from an academic point of view so what teachers will be invariably doing in school will be adding at different stages what we'd call merits which would be for one of a better description a pat on the back for some good work that they've done now Mm. this would then automatically be kind of displayed in real time on the power bi itself and therefore the tutor would be able to follow that um, as they are coming in at different stages when they would then have the chat with the student equally it would show what we call order marks here at Berkhamsted, which is the things which are not done quite so right this might be potentially disruption to a lesson maybe or might have missed a homework or something along those lines and again that would be then fed directly through to the tutor who would then be able to Help from a pastoral perspective and take up that conversation with the tutee to find out what went on, how they can maybe put that right, how they can then look forward to making sure that that kind of thing doesn't happen again.
0: Wow. Okay. So, so I've got another question. It might be one that you're not expecting at all. But in this world where companies tend to hold so much information on individuals, and and now individuals have that the the, the right to the, the right to be forgotten. Is, is there any implication, is there any level of concern that, that parents might have that a school might be going too far in the monitoring of students with the collection of data and what happens to that data after children leave?
1: The data, as as you say, everyone has the right to be forgotten if that were requested at any point, it could be removed. But currently, it's all part of the unique student kind of information. I think a lot of parents would look at it you know, from a very positive point of view, because what we're ultimately always trying to do with this data is use it for positive outcomes from a student perspective. There there are obviously other elements of data from a safeguarding perspective that don't feed into Power BI, as, as, as you could probably imagine. And that stuff does save is in a separate database with only those who need access to it, having access to it, because it is all used from a, a very positive point of view to help guide them as best as possible going forward in whatever direction they're trying to go.
0: So I guess it's a collection of data, but for for positive purposes and collection of data for integrity as well. And, and I guess actually it's less about what data is held, but more about how that data is presented back to the people who who need access to that in order for them to make a meaningful impact on the children in the school.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think one of the things that parents would be very supportive of is using the data productively to help guide the student. And if, if we can do that to the best of our ability, hopefully we're allowing the students themselves to fulfil their potential through our guidance, which I guess is what they hope from a school like Berkhamstead.
0: That's a great couple of answers there to a couple of tricky questions. Sorry about that, Nick. Um, tell me then a bit about how the staff have taken on the Power BI as, as a tool. Is it the kind of thing that they, that they tend to look at and, and say, wow, this is exactly what we need? Or do you ever find that some staff think, oh, actually, this is a new thing, and uh, I can't quite get my head around it, or I don't want to try something new?
1: So it's definitely a bit of both, without a shadow of a doubt. I, I think it's fair to say that not everyone is always keen on change. But what is clear is that once they do start playing with the Power BI, they the rewards come very quickly to them, and they can see the advantages of it, and how it allows them actually to probably reduce their own workload and I say that because in the past when emails with let's just go from a pastoral point of view from a merit viewpoint they would have come into the tutors themselves and lots of tutors might have started to create their own little excel documents and noting how many they've come in and what date they've come in and how this would map to different subjects effectively Power BI now does all of that for them so they actually don't need to, they just need to register themselves that, okay, well, Nick Cale's just had a merit. Great, that's fine. But I know that this database is going to hold all of that information. When I go back into it, when I next have a chat with my tutee, I'll be able to go there in a couple of clicks and find exactly what was said, the reason it was said, and how I can build that together with how other teachers might have been rewarding that student for a similar level of attainment or good work or whatever it might be.
0: Oh, I see. I see. Uh, Well done for getting that merit, by the way, Nick. And uh, and I I guess one of the other things, thinking about it, without wanting to put words in your mouth, but if in the old-fashioned way, teachers might take some of the data that they've got access to and then try to turn that into their own information by maybe using a separate spreadsheet and maybe not saving it in the in the most secure location. Then in the old-style way, you could end up with data being in the wrong places. Whereas actually, if everything is contained within the school system within you know allowing power bi to do its job then it means that all data is kept secure and safe and doesn't fall into the wrong hands as well
1: exactly and one of the other things with the setup of the power bi is it's that only those who need access to the data have access to the power bi so it's not mm. every single member of staff at berkhamsted it's only those on a specific list that we make sure you know a needs to know basis so that it doesn't fall into the wrong
0: hands as well and one of the other things you mentioned is about it reducing the workload for teachers. If, if I know anything at all about teaching staff at Berkhamsted, it's that the concept of reducing workload is is a positive thing because it frees them up in order to be able to do other more meaningful things within the school environment. So surely it's a good thing.
1: Yeah, one thing that I'm very keen on is not necessarily just adding something on to therefore create work for other people. What I'm hoping mm-hmm. is that this will actually reduce their workload because they know it's already there. They'll know they'll be able to get back to it at different stages. They know that a lot of the analysis has already been done for them in an automatic fashion. Therefore, what they, they can concentrate on just their you know main goal, maybe in that conversation with a said student. And I think that's the, the key thing for me. If I can help that conversation by providing them with the data that they need at their fingertips, for me, that is kind of job done from a, a data perspective.
0: Very good. I, I genuinely never knew that data could be so interesting on a podcast episode. <laughs> Nick, two questions we always ask everyone on these podcast episodes: What have you changed your mind about in the in the last couple of years?
1: So I, I think it would definitely be something around COVID and how teachers, probably at Berkhamsted in particular, but maybe more generally as well, have embraced technology for teaching and ah, realising how effective it really can be with engagement in lessons. I think COVID definitely threw us a bit of a curveball. and the way in which, and I'm gonna talk with an example from Berkhamsted here, the way in which colleagues just got on board with the technology and embraced it in such a mm. short period of time to ensure that there was relatively little disruption to the education of the boys and girls at Berkhamstead, I, I think is absolutely fantastic and how much has been learnt in such a short period of time. And I think people can potentially perceive teaching sometimes to be quite traditional, but I'd say in the way in which technology has been embraced from an educational perspective, I would say that very much they can be at the forefront of development
0: with technology as well. Now I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this would agree with that as well. And finally, Nick, what has been your remarkable moments at Berkhamstead?
1: Probably linking it back to one of your first questions about the podcast, have I I listened to any other podcasts thus far? I think one of the remarkable moments at Berkhamsted, linking it to Joe Beadle as well, but some students before, seeing those students that you've taught, particularly your subject for me being languages or French in particular, then go off to university to continue on with the study of something that essentially you studied at university yourself as Mm -hmm. well and that is a very rewarding moment I probably think for any teacher I guess potentially from a language perspective because there aren't necessarily quite as many linguists that go off to university as there are mathematicians or scientists it might seem a little bit more of a remarkable moment and something to cherish if you've been involved with that tutelage before they get on to their next stage in life and at university
0: I love that. Nick, I've literally got goosebumps from what you're talking about there. We need to bring this to a close now. But if anyone's heard anything and they wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way they could do that?
1: They definitely just reach out to me on my school email, which would be nkale at berkhamstead.com. Particularly other colleagues as well. Always here to chat more about Power BI because I'd love to be able to grow people's enthusiasm to match mine as well going forward.
0: Awesome. So that's nkale, that's n and then c-a-l-e, and C-A-L-E. at at berkhamsted.com. Perfect. Well, look, Nick, thank you for your time. Thanks for being here and explaining all of this to us. I I, literally had no idea at all. And uh, it's been really good to hear about it. And hopefully it's been useful and helpful to the people listening to this as well. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. So that was Nick Cale, Deputy Head Curriculum and Assessment at Berkhamsted. Thank you for coming on to this episode of the Berkhamsted Spotlight. Nick, it was great to hear from you.